Hey, what's good? This is Rich, and you're listening to Paychecks and Balances, where it's all about showing you what's possible personally, professionally, and financially. And before we get into today's episode, I wanted to share that I have finally recorded videos for YouTube. So the YouTube channel will be up and running in November, and we're on there as Paychecks Balances. And you can also get there by visiting paybal, P-A-Y-B-A-L dot C-O slash YouTube or paychecksandbalances.com slash YouTube. So be sure to subscribe, follow the channel, all of that good stuff. A lot of great content that's going to be coming there, much like you're getting from the podcast. And also, I have kicked the tires off of our LinkedIn page. I almost said our YouTube page again. I've kicked the tires off of the Paychecks and Balances LinkedIn page, and I realized that that's a place that we need to be, given everything that's talked about on the podcast, the blog, as well as the newsletter. And we're talking to primarily professional folks who are ambitious, who are trying to come up, who are trying to get more money, who are trying to take the next step in their career. And LinkedIn is the perfect platform for that, just given all of the information that's uh, already available on there. So to follow us on LinkedIn, P-A-Y-B-A-L dot C-O slash LinkedIn or paychecksandbalances.com slash LinkedIn. And so now that I've got that out the way, today I'm chatting with Rob and Rishon Lee of Learn, Hustle, Grow. And I met them at FinCon in September, so a personal finance content creator conference. And I knew within like a minute of talking to them that I wanted to have them on the podcast. And yo, I forgot what it's like to talk to couples. It feels like it's been so long since I've talked to two people at once on the show. And these two were definitely a blast. The energy, the laughter, the jokes, the honesty. I really loved everything about this conversation from how they met to how they conquered debt and even some surprising learnings from a year off to travel while also being kid-free in 2019. And I say this in the episode that they picked the right year. And we talked about that, which was super interesting to hear how that impacted them. So here is the conversation with Rob and Rishon. I'll be back on the flip side, so I'll talk to you then. Rob and Rishon, welcome to the podcast. Hey, hey thanks hey. for having us, thanks, Rich. Man. I told the PNB family a little bit about y'all in the beginning and how I connected with y'all at FinCon, and I'm surprised I haven't had you on the podcast already. But for those that aren't familiar with the background, tell the PNB family a little bit about yourself. So I'm Rishon. And I'm Rob. And we have been married now for almost 13 years. Yep. Uh, we met at work. Ah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and we were completely different when it came to our finances. He's the spender. I'm the saver, relatively speaking. And uh, if we had not figured out how to manage our money, uh, we would not be married today. Yes, yes. What, what, funny story how we got together, but I, I don't know if we got time for that. But let's just say I had to meet her, so I uh, and I was IT, so I, I sabotaged her computer, Rich, so. I married my stalker. <laughs> I just, I just, I just uh, deleted that office suite uh, executable, and uh, she couldn't yeah. get it to her office. And we, we know we need that e- that email. So uh, when she, when she, I was trying to meet her for three months, man, and it t- took some time. And then I said, okay, today's the day. I deleted it. Next thing you know, I knew she was going to call. I told all the other fellas, other three IT, I said, hey, hey, Rishon Irvin calls. Nobody answered. I got it. And they were like, cool. And they were like, how'd you know? And I, cause I was on my way over there. Oh, man. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And it's interesting oh. hearing that y'all have a work story because uh, Boobukins and I also met at work. Oh. Yes, I'm referring to her as Boobukins. Okay. Uh, okay. We, we, we also met at work and we had worked together for a few years and then, you know, ultimately got together. 
And I remember that being like a really tricky situation to navigate. Yes. Like, it's like, oh, like, no, you go into the office. Like, oh, I'll wait. <laughs> like, oh. And then, it's, and then it's like if we brought our pets into the office and I wasn't really supposed to know her dog, but her dog obviously knew me. My dog oh, obviously knew man. her. It's like, oh, your dogs are so I friendly. I can see that. Yeah. So how did y'all, how did y'all navigate that? Because I, I, I know that can be tricky. Mm. Well, she said no yes. initially. She yes. was like, oh, I'm sorry, man. I, I don't date anybody at work. Right. Because yeah. it's really hard for a professional woman to date at work, in my opinion. Right. People don't judge men the same way they judge women. Right. When they know who a woman is in a relationship with, it, with, they think they know everything about you. Whereas with a man, you can be in multiple relationships with coworkers. And I think that people just don't think anything of it. So I, um, I pushed it off initially. And he... Uh, he was persistent. Yeah. Uh, more persistent than most people are here locally in the DFW area. Yeah. I knew he was not from here, and neither she, of us are from yeah. the Dallas wait, area originally. Wait, wait, wait. So, yeah. this more persistent than people in the DFW, because the, the average person, and so it sounds like a little bit of shade, but there also probably is some truth to, to how <laughs> things are done there. So, what do you mean by that? Well, so I'll say I'm from Chicago, where men are very aggressive. There, yes. Like, stop you on the street aggressive roll down the window and yell out yell out the window on their cars. I mean, you can't go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. They will let you know what they are thinking. They want to get your attention. Right. The Dallas area is not like that. So it was a huge culture shift. Yeah. So having lived in these two places the majority of my life, half in Chicago and half in Dallas, that's what my comparison is. Uh, so the guys in Dallas more, chill, right? more laid back yeah. and really will sit and wait for a woman to approach them. Right. Which I thought was the strangest thing ever. And I'm from Virginia yeah. where we're kind of like Chicago, right? Yeah. Uh, you see it. And you say, "Oh, I'm going over there, right?" And and that's and that's how I, I was. It was a, well, actually, a, a friend of mine's at the job. We were just kind of in the back, just talking guy talk. And you know, he was like, "You know, what, man, I, all this stuff you're talking. If you find the right girl, he says, I know. I think I know the girl.'" And I was like, "What? What are you talking about?" He's like, "There's one, and we worked in a place where it's a really big one floor building." Yeah. Oh, so y'all had to see each other. No, well, it not was really. Huge. It was huge. There were like a couple thousand people. Yeah, yeah. It was like, yeah, yeah it was it was huge, but. He says, I'm going to go and he says, just walk out here, you know, and I'm going to point her out. And I was like, okay. And I was like, yeah, that's, it's not going to, I said, it, it, it can't be this easy. And then he, and then he pointed her out one day and I saw her and I said, man, I was like, oh yeah. And I, now I just by looking, I was like, that's just my type. <laughs> right. <laughs> but afterwards, just the way she carried herself and everything else, I was like, oh yeah, I like it. Oh, and you know what's funny, Rich? Speaking of money, since we're going to be talking about that, one of the funniest things, the first thing I ever heard my wife say, well, she was on the phone. And she had one of the little earpieces on, and she was talking. She, she was like some type of financial, broker. yeah, broker, financial broker, right? To to these people that had a lot of money, and she says, "You know what, Mister So and So? If you don't want to make any money, then you're talking to the wrong person or whatever." Right? And she hung up, and I, mm. I'd never seen that. I'd never seen fire in the client, <laughs> fire in the prospect. I, like, I she love get that. Fired. It was the end of the conversation. I right. didn't hang up on him. She hung but up. that was really the last thing that needed to be said. Right, right. I was like, and I was, man, it was heart just, just beating out of my eyes when I saw that. She said, she, I said, she's about her money. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. This makes me think of that, that picture from, uh, it's not Jordan. That picture with LeBron Wade, where Wade throws the pass, or one of them throws the pass, the other one catches it and slams the alley oop. Yes, that's what that man was for you, where he throws it back over his shoulder when they're both on the hip. Yeah, yeah. that's what he was for you. 
Yes, that sir. man gave you a, a not not only a signature moment, but now a, a signature life, which which I, I I love yes. hearing that. Yes, yes, I, I, I love hearing that. And and Rishon, you also spent some time, I believe, doing uh, travel agent stuff too, right? I did. So after we left our jobs, I decided that uh, we wanted to get the best possible discounts on travel, mm. and one of the best ways to do that is to become a travel agent. So I just signed up to be a stay-at-home travel agent. You get a certification letter, and then you present that um, whenever you make a reservation, and they give Mm -hmm. you discounts based on um, based on whatever their travel agent rate is. Right. And uh, I I think what was kind of interesting in in here because I heard you talk about this on on another podcast is that you don't get paid or the travel agent doesn't get paid until after the person has taken the trip. Which is why I'm no longer a travel agent. (laughs) (laughs) COVID hit 2020 and all travel was canceled. All the reservations that were booked were rescheduled, some to 2021, some even further out. And it just meant no money. Uh, It was a business without revenue for a full year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I understand. I understand. And so y'all were in your 30s and figuring out the whole combined money and financial organization thing. And and, and we'll also backtrack a little bit and talk about some of the shared experience that, that y'all had growing up. But I, I was curious what that what that process was like, probably because I'm at this stage of my life now. But that process <laughs> of, of trying to organize, combine finances, figure out the next steps. Well, what, what did that look like for y'all? It was a lot, honestly. Yeah, in the beginning. Uh, we got married we, we only dated six months yes, before, my, before my husband proposed. Yes. Very wow. Good. And it's the thing, man. I was, I was single and mingling like for years. About like, seven years? Yeah, like six or six and a half, seven years when I met her. But like I said, it was like, I, you know, I think you like, you know how people say your mama say when you know, you know. When I when I knew, I knew seriously. Like I knew within like just seeing her, I thought I knew. But then I said, okay, let me let me talk to her. Let me get, get to know her a little bit. And after I said, yeah, that's that's what I need in my life right there. Right. So yeah, right away, I didn't want to waste any time. And I, I like I said, I wasn't actively looking, but I knew once I came across her, then this was her. So I didn't waste any time. I, I didn't want to uh, terrify her, but you know that if I knew, I knew because I think. That feeling, the, what that actually feels like may look different to, or may feel different to everybody or there's some variation. So what was that for you? Here's the deal. Like I used to I used to get, you know, kind of cussed out by women. Uh, they'd be like, Rob, your, your standards are too high or, you know, or you you or you got you don't you don't like this about, you know, you don't like smokers. You don't like what, what, whatever the case may be. And I'm like, well, I, I care myself in a certain way. He was so a I, man with a list. Right. He I, had a criteria. I, yeah, I, because here's the deal. I, I I was married before, right? I was only married. I was only married one year. Yes, I, had- I do recommend getting a divorce, man. Ladies, <laughs> <laughs> they learn a few things. So that's probably a good segue back into his original question yeah. then about how we got to the point of managing money together, right? Right. Okay, so we were both in our thirties when we met. So you know, you got two grown people, mm-hmm. and um, we both had our own habits and our own way of doing things. Right. But we decided we were going to go to premarital counseling first. Yes. You know, to make sure that we, you know, were in accordance with what it meant to become one. How hard was that conversation between y'all, if challenging at all? He was, might not remember, but go, because he's, it looks like he's going to say, go ahead, say it. No, it was, it was, I thought it was easy. He thought it was easy. He, he said, he's saying now he thought it was easy, but he required preparation before counseling. Oh, he was yeah. hesitant. He I doesn't was. remember that part. Yes. He was hesitant. He was like, I don't know about this. People getting all in your business, what they going to ask us, what we going to do. And I right. said, okay, why don't, 
I get online and find some kind of preparation. Yes. So we actually yes. prepared before premarital counseling. Right, right. We found a 10-page questionnaire. It was a lot of questions, man. 10 Like 100 pages. questions. It was every topic you could discuss. Yes. Religion. Religion. Yep. Money. Family. Yeah. Sex, money, everything. Yes. What do you expect? All, everybody needs to know what <laughs> the other person expects. And that was a great little yeah. sheet there and, and we, we did just that. and we saved it because yeah. we we have a we have a married couples group on facebook right and we share that kind of information with other married couples yes. completely yes. separate from our our finance so by the, yeah so by the time we got there it was easy because we had been had already been through it a couple weeks yeah. at home right and well, so i learned yeah. something about his personality early on right that is how he is honestly about everything he needs preparation <laughs> before entering everything <laughs> don't just call me talking about we're just gonna do something no there is no <laughs> There no no there's no you know off the cuff you know this this podcast has been on the calendar <laughs> you know since we set it up yeah. our date nights you know on the calendar when we go out with other couples yeah, it, it yeah. has to be known in advance it's, yeah if it's just me and her maybe it's not but if it's with other but people if, yeah there's other Yo. people involved I'm, I definitely get I, I gotta be mentally ready because I don't want to be crabby that day and then I'm, I gotta talk to Rich on his podcast and he's like <laughs> who's that who's that clown that was the worst episode ever you know tomorrow <laughs> so <laughs> yeah but Rob I'm I'm the same way. I am a prepper. Like, I need it on the calendar. If it doesn't get on the calendar, it doesn't get done. My man. Like, hey, last last minute, hey, you, you trying to go do this? And it's like, hell no, I'm not trying to do this. I done sat down. See and when relaxed. you get back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, or or what happens commonly out here in the Bay Area, people will come in. Because I live 40 minutes, 40, about 40 minutes south of San Francisco. And people will get out here and be like, yo, I'm in the Bay. And I'll be like, so that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> see, see tomorrow or two days from well, now. <laughs> so it's the same thing with DFW, though, right? So yes. we are north of Dallas. Yeah. And people will say, oh, I'm in Dallas. We oh are at God. least 30 minutes outside of downtown Dallas. Yeah. Maybe more, depending on traffic, yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And if somebody comes to Fort Worth, forget about it. Oh, that's yeah. an hour. Nah, yeah. Yeah. And they'll land and be like, I'm in, oh my God. And, and you're like, where exactly are you? Fort Worth? No. The that's day not of, Dallas. man. No, 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 no. I was just sitting here chilling on boxes, man. Nah. <laughs> I get that. You're not alone on that. And uh, it actually makes, I, I feel some validation in knowing that I am not alone and we might need to start a Facebook group for brothers around this. <laughs> <laughs> I know that the total money makeover was part of your journey, but taking a step back, Y'all had some shared experiences in terms of how you each grew up, and uh, and one of y'all can take uh, the lead on talking about that. And I was and I was curious how that has shaped or impacted the way that you navigate conflicts, difficult conversations in the relationship. Because it would seem like, oh, same experience, you get it, I get it, but I, I assume there's more to it than that, or maybe there's not. So here it is. So we both grew up poor. We're both product of single parent homes. Mm. Both of our moms had us when they were teenagers. We are both the eldest children um, yep. uh, that our mothers had. We are both first-generation college graduates. Yep. We are both veterans of the U.S. military, Rob Marines, uh, me, U.S. Army Reserves. All those things in common, we do agree on a lot of things, honestly. Mm. Our disagreements generally come into play when it comes to man versus woman. Mm. I'm a big girl power advocate. Yes, she is. So if you have a statement to make about women in general, you should be prepared with some facts to back that up because I'm ready for that conversation always. Right. And so we have just some conversations about that because he's basing his statements on his experiences. Right. As a man, his experiences with women much different than mine. 
My experiences with women are as girlfriends, as sisters, as mothers, and it is a nurturing environment. But, you know, when men have stories, it's completely different. So that's probably the only place where we really disagree in general. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to finances, we both grew up poor, but we both took very different perspectives on what that looked like as we got older. Yeah, I think the biggest difference, too, is because you said you had, you know, you had a child earlier than I did. So you knew you had to get yourself together quickly. Right. Me, I was kind of like I joined the Marine Corps after high school and then I was just spending, man. It's like they gave me a credit card right away. They gave me like a, you know, I had like a discover card. Like the first I was like, I hadn't even seen one. I heard about credit cards, you know, and then or seen look little rich kids in, in high school. I didn't have a, a credit card. So, you know, once they, they sent me that card in the Marine Corps, I was like, oh, yeah. The first thing I did is when went to the, you know, I was in Japan, by the way. I was living in Japan. And I, first thing I went and bought me a stereo system, went and bought me some new kicks. I was like, oh, man, this is. So I was just kind of, you know, I, I felt like the money was going to last forever. Of course, eventually I got out of the Marine Corps and my habits weren't any better. You know, I, they were, I was trying to get myself back on track and I already created a bunch of debt. I met my brother uh, in college, my, you know, my friend, his name is Fabian, and he was like putting me on to Susie Orman back then. So I was just, when I met Rashawn, I was digging my way out of the hole, you know, but she was already mentally there. And I was still trying to get to that location where she was mentally, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And what's interesting, you said they sent you a credit card. And so when you're in the military, they, they give you access to a credit card. Is that how that yeah, well, works? Or? They just mailed me one and said, hey. What it is, is because in, in, this one thing I know is about the military. They're on some kind of mailing list yes. as new recruits. Yes. So when you get into the military, they know you have guaranteed money. <laughs> so you start getting all these loan uh, people come calling you saying, hey, you want to get a house? You want to get a car? Especially car dealers. They, I mean, they, they, all, they all know credit cards, cars, houses. They want to because that way they know that guarantees money is coming. Right. You, they're going to one way or the other. They're going to get it. You know, and then you are be you will be forced to re-enlist <laughs> after your year, years are up. You know, so I had no idea. That's completely new to me. That that whole onto a list and they're like, you got guaranteed money, so now we're going to serve you offers. Mm-hmm. A military person can yeah, get anything yeah. they want. I, like, I don't know if they still do that because that's yeah. predatory, honestly. Yeah, well, they're taking advantage of young people who are, you know, generally right out of high school and they're right. not old enough to know any better. Right. Um, but my experience came from credit card lenders at uh, in college. Right, they were mm-hmm. on campus. I went to the Army Reserve, so I did my basic training, my job training, and then you get to come home and go to school. So I just started school in January instead of August, like most of my peers did. And when you're on campus, they're all set up to give you T-shirts, two liter sodas, and other ridiculous giveaways in order for you to sign up for a credit card. So I just started signing up, and that's where my journey with debt began. But in my senior year, I became uh, pregnant with our oldest son. And by the time I had him, I was 22. He was born. He was born 20 days before my 23rd birthday. So I had my only child by birth at 22. So he's born on the first of the month. I was born on, born on the 20th house, my mini me. So that was a real change in perspective. Right. Becoming a mom really caused me to, you know, I, I always felt like I was a pretty together person. I was always a good student, smart. Um, but in this instance, I really felt like, okay, it's time to, you know, make everything happen. Children are an amazing motivator. You know, yeah. <laughs> if you're the type of person who really cares about being a good parent, they can really incent you to do all kinds of things. So I felt like that throughout my life that, you know, because of him, 
I would do whatever it took to be successful. That's interesting because I think about the role of intentionality. And I've said that usually when people have these stories of I went off and became a successful entrepreneur, either they got fired from their job or they had a kid or somebody got sick or there was something tragic like that that happened that kind of like forced them to really kind of be intentional about the life they wanted to create because it wasn't just them. And I might be doing some unnecessary shrinking here, y'all. I'm, I'm imagining y'all are both in the armed forces, the military. And I think about structure and I think about what Rob said about, you know, knowing when things had to be done. And I'm wondering, are y'all super structured in how you manage things at, at home too? Coming from the military background, has that made its way into your personal lives and made it easier? Well, I would say that scheduling piece <laughs> that we mentioned a, a lot of it does. Yeah, a lot that of it. That part definitely. But um, I also became a spreadsheet person by nature of corporate America. Right. So I began working in corporate when my son was six weeks old. Um, I began actually I began interviewing when he was six months, and I was working by the time he was four months. And I learned to use spreadsheets uh, as a professional salesperson. I ran my own business in the company. And through running a business, you know, numbers have to line up. You have to make a profit, right? Profit equals revenue minus cost. That's it. So I ran the spreadsheets for us. Yeah. Before we got married, we thought we really had everything down because we had all these discussions. We went to premarital counseling. Yeah. <laughs> and then, But we had this convoluted plan about how we were going to manage our money. Yeah. There was going to be all kind of percentages and everything. You pay the light bill. I pay the cable. <laughs> you know, like those kind of. It'll never work, man. I it mean, was, it, some people say it worked, but it was it was kind of nightmarish. Right? Yeah, you know, yeah. at the time we were still on these very different paths or very different right. pages as far as how I saw money because I was like, she you was know, worried. I don't want to pay interest <laughs> on credit cards, yeah, yeah. and you're still actively using those credit cards. Right. And at the point he didn't, at that point he didn't see any reason to pay them off. I was like, man, we always going to have debt. As well, it's, and that's how my mindset was. I was like, hey, people are always going to have debt. You can never tr truly be, you know, you, this stuff comes with you, you know, about, no matter what. But yeah. So know. that was how he thought about it. I loved him enough to want to marry him, but I didn't honestly trust him enough right. to, to, to put our money together. She, yeah, she was terrified. Yeah. Did you say that to him? Well, at the time, I didn't say that. We just agreed <laughs> on this percentages plan before we yeah. got married. Right. And then after we got married, if you know our story, you know also that... I am a Christian. We are both Christians and active in our faith. But prior to our getting married, my husband had been unchurched for maybe 15 years. <laughs> and when I invited him, um, I invited him to church for our first date. That yeah, was where our, yeah. our first date. Yeah, she tricked me, man. <laughs> Wait, so you pursued and then she set the first date. She said, the, yeah, you're right. I said, mm. well, he said, she was saying no at first. I said, well, he kept saying, when am I going to see you outside of yes. work? Because at work, you know, yes. we just would have lunch or breakfast or something like that. I was trying to keep it friendly, but not really spend a lot of time with him. And he said, when am I going to see you outside of work? I had this commute back and forth to work those 45 minutes and he would talk to me on the way home. Yeah, it's great stories. Great Every day when she was going home, yes. Yes. And so I said, well, what are you doing this weekend? And he said... Nothing. I, I'm, hey, what, what, what's up? You want me to come through tonight? What's up? <laughs> and, she, <laughs> and she was like, she's like, no, no, no. What are you doing Sunday? I said, Sunday? My, my schedule is wide open. S Saturday, Sunday, whatever, right? And she says, cool. She, she, said, she, said, she said, what about, what about... Uh, I said, why don't you come and meet us yeah. at church Sunday, Sunday morning? Sunday morning, I said. First, she made sure Sunday was clear. She said, what about Sunday morning? I said, Sunday morning? Oh, nothing. I got nothing. She says, okay, well, okay, well, meet me at Sunday morning. I said, all right, what's the address? She was like, this is the address. I said, meet us at church. She said, this is the address. This is my church, right? I, I said, clear. what? 
Oh, come on, man. <laughs> Yo. She was like, got him. <laughs> but he came. Okay, yes. so that and that ties into the money story because right. once we get to um once we're going to church after we get married, he joins the church. And we go through the lessons and they start teaching about two shall become one. Right. Oh, don't you know he heard this word? Yeah, yeah. I didn't hear much. The, but he I understood heard that this one. word, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you if you're a believer, if you go to church or follow any kind of spiritual uh if you have any kind of spiritual relationship, you know that when you and your partner go to hear that word, you may hear completely different things. Right. Because mm-hmm. the word doesn't speak to everybody the same. Right. Well, he got that two shall become one message. It was crystal clear. So yeah. And so after church, he came home. We, we mean, came home, and he let me know. Oh, we were married by then, right? We were married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We were married, okay. and and um, he, we came home, and he let me know. He said, "You know what? I heard that message, and I don't think we're managing our finances right." Right. I said, "You know what? This uh, just this is just not right. It's not right. How we're, like, we're we're married. <laughs> if we want to last, we should. We need to. We, this all need everything. Everything needs to be together." And this message must have came as, as soon as we got back from our wedding. Yes. We had a destination wedding yes. in Mexico. <laughs> We were married at the end of April. It was a sign. And I will say this. <laughs> by June 1st, our, our finances were joined. Our finances she, she, were joined. she was like, let me hold hold on. Let me let me pray about this. Yes, uh, that was I my said, response. well, you do that, I and said, uh, get need, back to me. I was like, I need some time to pray about it, because, you know, he was letting me know that this needed to change. And I was like, I yeah. need a minute. I just felt like it was going to really be bad if we were constantly. Because, I mean, people people get... There's a lot of resentment when people somebody's making money or somebody mm-hmm. making bonuses or whatever, right. and then you see somebody spending money and you you feel like you're spending. I've seen it. People yeah. spending all their money, and then you look and this other person they got they got money to spend. They kicking and hanging out and mm-hmm. doing happy hours. You're like, wait a minute, I, I got nothing left. Yeah. So and honestly, we had very different incomes because I was a salesperson, yeah. and as a sales professional, I had a six figure base salary. I didn't even know that, man. Plus I thought, bonuses. I thought I was doing well until she was bringing bonuses, and I was like, wait. Uh-huh. How much? When did you find that out that that she was bringing home those chunks of guap? Right after, uh, we, right after we got married. Right after right? we got married. Yeah, she you didn't. She didn't after you got married. Before, now, before we got married, we did do credit. We did review each other's credit reports. Yeah, we. Didn't, I didn't see what kind we of money. We reviewed each was. other's credit reports, but we didn't. You, we didn't look at we, checks. We stuff. didn't discuss money. Yeah, we just didn't. We, we, you know. I had a, a guesstimate, an idea of what he might make. Right. And then I just had never met anybody in sales, right? And, uh, you know, I just thought she was gorgeous, right? And I was like, yes, sir. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so the next thing, yes. Yeah, and, so. and if you know anything about technology companies, Rich, which I, I think you do, I, do. I worked for a, a few major technology companies. So I was in technology sales. Yeah, right. Oh, you were, yeah, in the equity. And so, yeah, I found out. And when I, when I first saw the first check, I was like, Wait, is this like I thought they were? This was like a retro check or something. Like they had missed some, they had missed a few months or something. Right? So, and I was like, brother, I, wait a minute, I'm getting all this. It was too much for me. It was too much. We agreed to. Uh, I prayed about it, and then um, I'm mean, actually God, God, God will work some things out for you in your life. So I prayed about it, and then I was at work talking to actually my manager at the time, mm. who mentioned that he and his wife had done Dave Ramsey's Total Money Makeover. Uh. Because he had law school debt and they, you know, he was like, we were on a beans and rice diet until I could pay off this law school debt. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, what is that? And he told me about Total Money Makeover. After um, I, was, I felt like this was it. This is what we needed. I came back and said to my husband, hey, I agree with you. The message around two become one. It does apply to our financial situation. I said, what do you think about doing some financial education? You know, learning some things around money before we join our finances. I was like, yeah, whatever. 
he was really open to it. And he always is open to learning whatever else there is to learn. And so that is one of the great things. uh, One of the things I really love about him is that, you know, he'll stay his position. But if you have something to to add to that as far as something that he can learn, he's totally open to that. He did not fight the learning. He but he is a continuous learner. That's part of his personality as well, that he will gobble up information. And uh, he said, yes. We did the Total Money Makeover audio book yeah. in yeah. chapters. Yeah. We went chapter by chapter and discussed it. And I guess we must have gotten through that in a month or so. Yeah. Like I, I think we're shorter than that because I remember I was driving back and forth to work. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I'm almost, I was, it's like three discs at the time. And, you know, I was driving back and I was, I was loving it because I was like, yeah. man, this is really good information here. It's like, I felt like it was a big secret. You know, I just didn't learn any of this stuff. I'm from the projects, right? So I just, I never learned anything about any money from my family whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's hard for people to talk about money when they don't have a lot of it. They yeah. don't feel like they have any information to share, I right. think. Yeah, I was thinking, uh, I, was, I had done a podcast interview yesterday and the host had asked me about my experience with money growing up. And I was like, well, I thought you just sat at the table, you paid off cards. Like, like at the time my mom, dad would sit there, they'd write checks, they'd put it in the mail, but they'd pay the minimum on credit cards. And that's what you do. Like you just keep paying the minimum and you use it for debt. And so I got, got by the Frisbee at college, just like a lot of other folks, mm-hmm. you know? And so, and so that's the, it's the Frisbee or the, or, or the t-shirt. And that's how a lot of us get got out there yeah. uh, because we haven't had these conversations early on for generational reasons that I would not get into. Cause that's the whole other rant that I'm gonna say for a solo episode. For sure. For sure. For sure. <laughs> I like that within y'all's story, there are these lessons that other folks can apply because a lot of times when it comes to talking about money, finances, career, whatever it is, is usually there is one person in the relationship who's a little bit more inclined toward that area and maybe has to pull the other person along a little bit. Or or, or maybe it's something related to how like house finances. Like I'm I'm in the personal finance space, but I actually hate doing like credit card reconciling and stuff like that at the end of the month. But <laughs> you know, I, I I take on that responsibility. But Rishon, the, the way you even kind of got them into into going to church was kind of slick, and I'm sure people are, are going to be picking up on on that tactic and, and and applying it. I'm I'm like, man, I'm like, ladies, if that's what it takes to get brothers to like get mentors and make some of these moves, go see it. They're like, hey, like, what you doing at this time? You know what? How about you come through if if that's what it takes? But yeah. but then also, even that idea of of pre work before going to couples therapy and saying, yeah. hey, I want to make sure that that you're comfortable. And that, and that you got him comfortable with it. And I think that that's something that people can do, not just in situations like this, but pretty much with, with anything, you know, yeah. you, you, you want to get your partner comfortable with it. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's that, yeah, preparation is key, man. I mean. It makes a huge difference. Yeah. So. Like, nobody wants to feel like they're going to be ambushed. No, no. Yeah. You'll, you'll ruin a relationship like that, right? So. Yeah. So, yeah, so yeah. we did the total money makeover yeah. and joined our finances and started having weekly budgeting meetings. Yep, yep, temporarily. Yep, we're doing weekly, and we were just trying to figure out, okay, what's our next move? What are we paying off next? We, we had our, everything listed out, everything we owed, the student loans, the car, what was left on the cars, and we were like, okay, we're going to start knocking these out. And we just kind of followed the plan. You know, he he says like the pay spreadsheet. The, yeah, pay the minimum on the pay the minimum on uh, um, all of them except one, and then drop a big chunk on the last on the on the first one you want to knock out. The snowball, yeah, yeah snowball effect. And then it was snowball. Well, yeah. So we definitely, that was, that's the methodology you're yeah, talking about right. with Dave Ramsey. So we definitely took a lot from Dave's teaching, but we modified it. Yeah. Because yeah. we did not stop using oh, credit cards. No. We just paid the credit cards uh, in, in full. 
right. at the end of every 30 days. We right. just used credit cards responsibly. And the scores just fly up when you do that, you know. So. And we also did not stop contributing to our retirement accounts. We right. continued to contribute yeah. to yeah. our retirement. Yeah. When we met, we were already in our 30s. Yeah. We didn't feel like we had any room to stop making right. those plans for our long term. And we also had the financial wherewithal to do it because he already mentioned the fact that we had some very nice bonuses coming in. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And so y'all quit your full-time jobs in 2019. 2018. At the end of 2018, yeah. Yeah, so we've gone on three three years without W-2s. Yep, yep. And we traveled for the full year of 2019, yes. right? Yes, we traveled yeah. for You picked the right year. Obviously. Yes. Yeah, everybody that. says that. Everybody <laughs> says that. And, and, Who would have known? And your empty nesters. Yes. On top of that. So all that lined up, Rich. Uh, that's why we did what we did because, uh, you know, we were becoming empty nesters. The youngest, even the youngest, he didn't live here, but the youngest was graduating <clears throat> high school. The oldest was already gone. Oh, and that same year we had paid off our house, right? So we were like, man, and, and our biggest goal was to travel for a full year, you know? And then uh, I think Rashawn just kind of came up and said, why don't we do it now? Why are we, because we were, we were thinking, hey, if we, if we could do it by the time we were like 55, we didn't realize we were going to be on, we, we were, we've been grinding, you know, for, for like nine years, right? Yeah. So we started using those bonuses to buy real estate. Yes. So that's how we got into real estate investing. That was really Rob's vision. He wanted to be a real estate mogul. Ah. Where does that come from? I think it came from just just when I like when I was in college and me and my buddy used to hang out and we were just wondering why we were so poor, right? We were <laughs> we were always saying, How can we get rich, man? How do how do people get rich? the fastest right and then and then we were just every time we looked every time we read anything like we start like i said we started with the Susie orman and whatever uh it was always either real estate people or stock market people right and of course i didn't, I didn't have any money right so i was like one and then we even as a matter of fact me and him even both moved here i moved here first and he was well actually we, we both he moved we, Virginia i'm sorry we, we left california you know we left california we, i met him in college there and we were saying we, we we both moved to virginia just trying to figure out a better place to you know economy or whatever right cheaper place uh because we were like cali's just sucking up all our money here right and you know you uh, know the feeling yes yes i know, I, I, I know. a lot of money it out hurts there. uh so then so then uh, it, it just kept coming up that real estate people and stock market people were just the paid as people on the planet is how I felt. So I was like, you know, one day I'm, I, w I would love to get into this real estate side, you know. So when we met, I already owned our first home. And because my goal was to own my first home by the time I was 30. And because I had a son, I, I was even more motivated to do that, right? I was like, he needs a backyard. I want him to go to good schools. <laughs> you know, all the parenting dreams. Right. And uh, we always lived in nice neighborhoods here because the cost of living the quality of life is so much better in DFW by comparison to Chicago because of that cost of living. Mm. And that was over 20 years ago. So now he's 26. The oldest is 26. The youngest is 21, 21. Mm -hmm. and will be 22 January. in January. 13th, yeah. 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 So, oh, that makes me feel so washed here. And there. <laughs> oh, oh. So with the, so you know, raising when you when you're raising kids, you're making all those decisions based on you know right. what's going to be right for them. Yes. So I bought the first house right before I turned right before I turned 31. So yeah. I still was I was like I made I reached my goal. I was I had a house by the time I was 30, and then I met when I met him. I was 35 yep, when 35. I met him. Yep. So I was already in the house for five years. Um, when we met, we married a year later. So I said we we, we were engaged for. 
he he proposed after six months, but we were engaged for another eight, eight months, months after yeah. that. So we did have at least a full year to get to know to each see other. How crazy to each other. Yeah. Yes, go through the seasons. <laughs> go through the seasons, guys. I mean, you don't know what kind of changes people go through when right. you know during winters when it's dark outside, when it's cold, moods change. Yeah, and you we know. live together too. Yeah, and um, yeah. so you want to you want to figure that out. A question just came to mind. How did y'all handle or manage during the brunt of the pandemic then? It was easy peasy. Easy, By the time we had spent a year traveling, living in, <laughs> living in the space of a hotel. Yes. Now that year traveling, that's a whole nother thing. I don't yeah. recommend that. Yes, yes. <laughs> it was a, it's a big dream. It's a big, it's, it, was, it was beautiful. It was beautiful to see all the places. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we did 23 countries in 2019, right? It was amazing. But the thing is, we have different personalities still when it comes, especially when it comes to time, right? Mm-hmm. My wife, she moves a lot slower, right? And I'm like, let's go, right? Uh, so, so when we're moving, and who we, wants to be rushed right, through the most beautiful experience? Right, ever? right, right. I mean, you know, we going to Cape Town, and I'm like, we're going to Cape Town today, and you, you dragging feet, we gonna miss this flight, right? Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, it can get ugly real quick, right? <laughs> so this is the thing, and it's not even. So, so, and of course, you're going to have two different perspectives because we're two different people. You know, two shall become one, right? Mm. So, I remember my husband was a Marine. And so, early is late. We would get to the airport two hours no. ahead of time. On time is late. Oh, yeah, that's right. On time is late. That's right. Early <laughs> is on time. So, we would get to the airport two hours ahead of time. And he would still be worried about missing the plane. Mm, about that. Yes. We discussed it. Let's just agree to disagree on that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this is the type of thing nah. that you're dealing with. Nah. But I would say just this is a so we put our relationship through a lot of stress. We'd already yes. been married nine yeah. years. We celebrated our ten year anniversary while we were on. And the, the nine trip. years was pretty easy. Yeah, pretty but much. Then that the worst year we ever had almost was honestly was probably the travel year. The travel year. Even though we had no the jobs. year that everybody thinks is the most romantic yeah. thing you could ever because do. of the movement and the stress and the we're trying to manage. We didn't have it. We we had, we had money, but we were trying to manage the money. We didn't want to go. We didn't want to overpay for stuff. We didn't, you know, certain things. We were worried, right? Because it was a completely different experience unknown. than the way you normally vacation. Yes. Yes. So Americans vacation because you only have so many times, so like many weeks two, three off times a year. anyway. Mm-hmm. So Americans vacation. You don't really travel because you can't be gone anywhere longer than right. the three weeks you might get off for the year. Yeah. But if you're traveling, and the way we did it, we fast traveled. This is the part um, where we messed up. I think you, you, we were moving every four to seven days. Yes. Yeah. That's a lot of packing. So you're changing cities or countries. Yes. So you're packing and unpacking, going through a different airport, trying to figure out where to go and how to get there, trying different food, trying trying to find a place to eat, sleeping in different beds. You don't know anybody else in the in the city country, or country yeah. you're in, mm-hmm. so you only have each other, yeah. and you are locked in the space of a hotel room. Like, yeah. This is the most exciting <laughs> computer game I've ever heard of. And, and not even okay, and not to mention <laughs> that's when we decided we were going to start a blog and a YouTube channel. Yes. Oh, on top of a, on top <laughs> of all that travel and fighting. Yeah. So we were trying to write content for the blog yes. and record videos yes. and edit videos on the road. And her travel business. Yes. That's and when she was, started the travel business. And I was executing the travel business yes. because why not? We were traveling. And, so and we everybody could was go like, oh my God, they're, they're in Iceland now. They're in Ireland. Oh my God, they're in, you know, Argentina. You know, Argentina is crazy. So, you know, it was like we were doing a whole lot. Yeah. Whole we lot. really, we really, you, we really just ran ourselves through the paces. Overextended ourselves yeah. big time. So, yeah. That's crazy because. 
so I would think it'd be a lot of peachiness, shared experience and, you know, kids out, all of this other good stuff. But I've always had this feeling that trips can say a lot about a relationship. Like the first trip, you know, even like the first trip y'all take together, a lot of times people come back, then they break up because, you know, that that time together. I've also found for for self that when things are stressful, that's when I've resorted to, you know, some of my instinctive behaviors, whether it's overeating or spending more spending more money, formerly alcohol in a past life. And I'm I'm curious for y'all if due to the stress of, of kind of having that experience, because when y'all talk about moving every, every four to seven days, I was reaching for my medication bottle. Like that, <laughs> right. that's, that's already, that's already making me anxious. So I, I'm curious if y'all found yourselves having to like, if you found yourselves falling into any old cycles and if, or, and having to kind of get yourself out of them or, or if y'all kind of just do a good job of saying, Hey, I see where you're going and kind of keeping each other accountable. We always vacationed prior to this yes. year. So yes. we had already been, we'd been to Hawaii. We'd been to Dominican Republic. We got married in Mexico. We yeah. took two to four trips a year Yeah, over the course of our nine year marriage before we did this and never had an issue. Right. Because it was vacation. Yeah. We're relaxing. We We're enjoying time, ourselves. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We already know whatever we spend, we got it covered because it's, you know, we got the W-2s. Right. Check coming in. The trip is paid for by the time we get back. Right. You don't know how much a full year is going to cost, right? Right. We couldn't, we we could try to estimate it. Yeah. But yeah, yeah so I would say as far as what happened for us, um, neither one of us are smokers or, right. or big drinkers. Right. And we're really cautious about, you know, what we put into our bodies when we are in other countries. Yes. Um, because actually, um, I have a, uh, a sensitive digestive system. Yeah. And so, like, it wasn't even possible for me to overeat. Like, I could become really sick. What would happen for us is it was just the most arguing we had ever done. Yeah. So, prior to that year, we had never argued that much. Right. <laughs> it just, you know... Um, it was just, it was insane. It, yeah. I mean, honestly, that was the that was the biggest thing we had to deal with. Uh, kind of like, you know, couples who went through the pandemic together and never spent that much time together right. before. Somebody's I imagine that yeah. people really, you know, got <laughs> into some rounds. It's a lot know. of breakups yeah. right now, yeah. Yeah, that was it. That was our, that was our biggest thing. And yeah. I thought, and, and I, it bothered me more than it bothered him. Yeah. Because he's the type of person where he's like, you know, you, you argue and then you're over it. You right. know, he's like, forget about it. Not me. Like, yeah, she, no. she holds grudges. Rich. No, <laughs> my feelings are hurt. <laughs> and Ridiculous. it takes me more time to get over it. Right. We got to move right. on. I'm, we better go to this next country. You better get over this now. No. And I was like, are you insane? <laughs> and we're moving from place to place. And it's, yeah. And it's still what it wasn't getting any better. What we should have done. Um, we should have come home. We should have taken more breaks. Yeah. He was driving us staying out there because he just was really concerned that, you know, if we didn't stay out there, we wouldn't get to see those places. Right. And, well, and and when you're on the other side of the world, if you're all the way over there in Australia. Right. And, you know, New Zealand's right next door, technically. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, coming mm -hmm. all the way home and then flying back to New Zealand when you just left Australia, that just doesn't make sense to me. Right. right? And it costs so, more. Right. Everything's very it's just a little short hop. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm imagining like this experience, you probably had one idea about what, what freedom looked like, because I was going to ask you, you know, you had this experience, you're free, you know, moving toward financial independence. Everyone thinks that that has to be this, this great thing. And I'm curious what that experience has actually kind of taught you all along the way as well, or, or what's even been surprising about this experience. So I think we thought worst case scenario, worst case scenario after this year, we'll just 
come back and go to work. Mm -hmm. Because I don't know if we thought of ourselves as being free. No. We just thought it's a a one-year sabbatical. Yes. Yeah. So what we learned is that it took us some time to realize that we were actually free. And you should have a plan for what you want to do when you leave work. If you never return back to work, what are you going to do um, with that time? Yes. Yeah, because a lot of people, they think about being out there. And what I've learned from even just being on a a leave myself from work is what it's like to have time alone with your thoughts and and all of the processing and and things that come up and all of the voices. And so I, I imagine even in the midst of, you know, the traveling and you're thinking about all of these different things. What do y'all kind of each individually do to to keep yourselves grounded? We're both big fans of exercise. Yes. So yes. since we returned home, well, while we were traveling, we did a lot of hiking. Yeah. So you hike a lot, you know, just to explore other countries. But mm-hmm. when we got home, um, we both committed ourselves since we, you know, weren't returned to an office. We exercised five days a week. Yeah. We listen to a lot. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I, I love it. Like, like she said, the education thing. I, I keep myself busy with ed- education. Mm-hmm. I love editing. You know, I, I do, I do a, you know, and of course, like just, just, just my, my personal work stuff now. Right. Right. So, he is a realtor. I'm a realtor He's an active time. realtor here in Texas. Yeah. And we figured out when we got back that we couldn't just watch Netflix. Right. Like, you know, there are people <laughs> who are like Netflix is what's going to keep me busy after I leave. No, that really doesn't work. Now, there's, like I said, we both consume a lot of content. We both exercise. I write the scripts for our YouTube videos, and uh, he does the editing. That's how we work together on that. And then he still does the real estate side, and then I am a trader. So I trade stocks full-time. At the beginning of 2021, before the pandemic hit, we realized that the real estate sales side and the travel business might take some time mm-hmm. to actually generate, you know, some revenue. So we thought, why don't we, you know, take a class? And we took the Terry E. Gioma Trade and Travel course. And through that course became um, active traders. Yep. And that is how I contribute to our income today is I have a monthly goal. Um, of five thousand dollars, and that you know that covers our expenses and everything else after that is gravy. Yes, sir. I love that, and uh, I'll have a link to Terry's course in the show notes for this episode. And we all smiling because we all know <laughs> how beneficial that course has been to a lot of folks in the community. Yeah, yes, absolutely. It did require an upfront investment, and and we're rounding toward the end. But you you, you said something, and it reminded me of something I've talked about on the, on the show in the past, where uh, sometimes you have to make a financial investment to see the financial return. That's right. And so how how easy was it for you to go about purchasing the course? Did, like, did, was it like a lot of research back and forth? Or were you kind of like, I identify with the creator. I've heard her on enough shows. I've seen enough videos. I'm ready to go. So initially, we met Terry at FinCon. And we just really, and she was living here in Dallas at the time. So uh, we were networking and we really vibed with her. Yeah. We just we just liked, liked her spirit. Yes. We were like, she's so cool. Super sweet, we weren't yeah. sure what we were going to do with her, but we just knew we we liked her. And so when I initially thought about, uh, mentioned taking the course, he was not on board no, with it. No. He was like, are you crazy? <laughs> like, you know? how much? <laughs> and then I took a third party course. Yes. From an organization that actually has a campus here. Yes. And when they, um, and it was just an intro, right? This is this, it was part of the pitch. 
three days where they are pitching you and they get to the point where they give you the price. Mm -hmm. And it ranged anywhere from entry level at $25,000 all the way up to like $75,000. Yes, yes. It was at least $25,000, yes. Yes. And then she came back and told me. Right, and then the package I wanted fell in the middle at somewhere like $48,000. Right. Because it included options options trading. Mm -hmm. So uh, when we came, when we, after we went through that, uh, I came back and said, Terry's VIP course is $5,000. Right. That $5,000 looked like nothing. I was like, go ahead, go ahead and sign yeah. up for that girl. Yeah, he's like, sign up, <laughs> yeah. sign up for that VIP. So we are members of the VIP course, and we paid an initial $5,000 to get started. Yep. And now we make $5,000 a month on average uh, yep. for income. Yep. So we started in January 2020, and the time of this recording, we are 2021. Ah, man, I love that. And, and, and once again, there was a little bit of prepping and priming where you went and saw like, oh, you don't want to do this? Like, oh, here's, we could spend $48,000 or we could spend five. <laughs> All right, baby, let's yeah. spend the five. Let's spend the five. Let's spend the five. So, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yes, sir. Got my mind right real quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I know we didn't talk a whole lot about uh, the YouTube channel specifically, uh, but I, I hope people got to know y'all a lot better than kind of just like the specifics of what y'all are doing there, which I do encourage folks to go check y'all out at Learn, Hustle, Grow. But tell folks what you got coming up, uh, a little bit more about the channel, what they can find there, and uh, any of that other good stuff. All right. So we are simply sharing our journey, uh, which is life after corporate. Yes. You know, it's everything that we've done since we've left our jobs. There's a, a playlist for our travels. If you're interested in some of the countries we visited, uh, we talk about real estate investing and we talk about stock market investing because those are the two avenues that we used right. to become financial independent. And still to this day, it's how we invest our money. We either are investing in real estate or we're, we're investing in the stock market. We're long-term investors for our future. And right now we're investing short-term for trading income. So um, that's what you'll see on the channel if you come to check us out. Any, any parting words, Rob? You're like, man, I'm just, I'm just out here trying to, I'm out here trying to get this real estate. You know, yeah. I'm out here editing. Yep. If anybody's out here, if anybody's in the DFW area looking to buy or sell or invest, you know, we're investors. We are, like like she said, we are real estate investors. And that's that's my, my, my main thing. I, I walk people through the steps, especially if they've never invested in real estate before. And, you know, we, we have a lot to offer because we've done it several times. So incredible. So Rob, Rishon, it's been awesome having you on the podcast, kicking it with y'all, getting some laughs in on this on this wonderful, slightly warm day out here in the Bay Area. Uh, so 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 thanks so much for coming on your vulnerability. I, I know the PNB family is going to get a lot out of this one. Thanks, Rich. Thanks again for having us. Uh, we hope they enjoy the, the content. They better. <laughs> Goals. That's all I got because I learned so much from them and not even just from their answers, but even the tidbit about predatory lenders going after young military folks. I looked it up and as of a couple of years ago, 2019, it was still very much a thing. And I imagine it still very much is a thing, which is a damn shame. But I like to end on a positive note. So thanks again to them for coming on the podcast and being so open about all the things. And if you enjoyed this episode, share it right now. Unless you're driving or doing something else where sharing would be unsafe, don't wait until later because then it's going to be tomorrow and then it's going to be the next year. And then you still ain't going to have told this person about this episode that you enjoyed. So just go on ahead, share it right now before you forget. I appreciate you. And also, be sure to join the Paychecks and Balances email community at paybow.co slash email. 
We have a monthly newsletter that goes out that catches you up on everything that's happened across the PNB universe, as well as the personal finance, career, and mental wealth universe. So be sure to join at payball.co slash email. So that's it for this week. Thanks so much for listening. And until next time, take care of yourself and each other.